Hello, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us once again for During Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts. Well, let's get into it with a prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us this guidance and the ability and the platform to be able to talk to people and to share your word with them. And maybe it will bless somebody today. If it does, Lord, bless them hearty. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Give us this word. Give us the Holy Spirit to help and guide us and to teach us and to help us get this message out to the ones that need it. In your blessed holy name we beg. Amen. Here we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we read about the perfection of the creation and receiving of God's approval as being good. In chapter 4, we'll find some jealousy and some murder. So what happened? Well, Genesis chapter 3 answers this question. We'll start with the first part of it and then we'll do more at a different time. And this chapter is vital because it explains the world and society as we observe it today. It informs us of the strategies of Satan in tempting men. It challenges us to consider whether or not we continue to fall as did Adam and Eve. Here is not a chapter that we will regret studying. It shows the entrance of sin into the human race and the severity of the consequences that man's disobedience. Beyond man's sinfulness and his penalties it demands, there is a revelation of God's grace. He seeks out the sinner and provides him with covering for his sin. He promises a Savior from whom the whole tragic event will be turned into triumph and salvation. The serpent suddenly appears in this verse rudely without introduction. The serpent is said to be one of God's creatures, therefore we must take it literal. Later it's described as a dragon and a serpent in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, and then in Revelations 12 and 9, and Revelations 20 and 2. Let's look at chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now Satan assaults our first parents, and drawing them into sin with temptation that prove fatal to them. The tempter was the devil, in the shape and likeness of a snake. The fall man was affected by seduction of the snake. The devil uses many different ways to get at us, to use things we know and then make us comfortable in trusting him and then sin. No doubt the woman had been seen and talking to the many animals and whom Adam and she had the care over. But the material serpent was an instrument or a tool of the highly agent Satan or the devil to whom the sacred writers applied this incident reprovable his name the dragon that old serpent in Revelations 20 and 2. Though Moses makes no mention of this wicked spirit given only the history to the visible world, yet in fuller discoveries of the gospel is distinctly intimately that the Satan was the author of the plot. And we see that in John 8, 2 Corinthians 11, 1 John 3, 1 Timothy 2, and Revelations 20 and 2. More subtile, serpents are perennial for wisdom like in Matthew 10:16, But these reptiles were at first probably far superior in beauty as well as the 
appearance that they are in their present state. He said, Therefore being pure blossom of a pure bird, no principle of evil to work upon, the solicitation of sin could come from only without, as the case of Jesus Christ in Matthew 4 and 3. And the tempter could not assume human form, there being only Adam and Eve in the world. The agency of the inferior creature had to be employed. The dragon serpent seemed the fittest for the vile purpose. Not sure how the snake was able to talk, we believed the Bible when it said that the snake talked to the woman. Maybe because the punishment of the snake was to take away its voice. Unto the woman the mark of the attack from his knowledge of her fertility and her having been on this earth for a short time her limited experience with animal tribes, and all the above, her being alone, unfortified by the presence and counsel of her husband. Though sinless and holy, she was a free agent, liable to be tempted and seduced. Notice the statement to the woman. We see that she isn't named Eve yet. We tend to understand by her not having a name yet allows us to place our own name in that situation. We are not above being tricked or swayed by the dark one. Yea, hath God said, Is this a true statement that he has restricted you from all the fruits of this delightful place? This is not like the one so good and kind. Surely they're making a mistake. So Satan put in a doubt there in her senses of the divine will and appearance of the angel of light offering to lead her to true enlightenment. It was evidently from her regarding him as a special agent sent uh, from God like a heavenly messenger instead of really seeing that it's a reptile speaking and she received it. Notice especially that the approach that Satan takes here, he does not come as an atheist or one that doesn't initially challenge Eve's faith in God. We believe that this is not the first conversation that they'd had. The devil will try to gain your trust. He plays the long game. Remember, there are two trees in the said in the garden. Why was she hanging around the tree that she wasn't supposed to eat of? This tells me that she had already thought about eating it long before she did. It's like we are today. We hang close to sin and wait until it seems harmless and not that bad to do it. Still, sin is wrong no matter how it is presented. Sin is sin. No big, no small. It's all sin. So verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. In her answer, the woman told the vast extent of the liberties that they enjoyed eating of the free will of all the trees, with one exception, in respect in which she declared that there was no doubt either in prohibition or in penalty. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree in which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Thou shalt not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, yes, ye die. Thus the devil was in the beginning. He was a murderer, the great mischief maker, a killer of our relationship with God. The person tempted the woman. It was Satan's plot to talk her into doing what she was going to do while she was alone. Today, there are many temptations which, being alone, gives great advantage. But the communion of saints tends to that very much to strength and safety. We need to surround ourselves with other Christians to protect us and help each other. 
That strength in numbers thing is no joke. Satan took advantage of finding her near a forbidden tree. I'm like everyone else. I just think about eating it was very wrong. But we need to read that even touching it would kill us. We need to know that eating it is consuming it, but touching it is grabbing hold of it. So we sin by being disobedient to God and His command. Don't put yourself in a spot that allows you to hear the devil speaking. It is easy for the tempter to trick us when we're somewhere we shouldn't be. Verse 4, And the serpent said to the woman, Thou shalt not surely die. He proceeded not only to assure her of her perfect impunity, but the promise of great benefit partaken of it. He did not disclose the design at first, but put question in her mind. Those who would be safe need to shy of talking to the tempter. We know that the devil works on every Christian and tries to get them thinking differently than we know. The woman had no need to eat of that tree. She admitted she could eat from any tree in the garden. Satan sees his replacements and he hates them. He failed to grab the power in heaven and lost to God. Now he wanted to ruin everything that God had made that was good. Today is no different. Satan wants to convince you that God doesn't care, when in fact God is so great that he gives you everything and all that he wants is you to thank him and to praise him. Not a bad deal if you think about it. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is verse 5, For God doth knoweth that in that day ye eat of, then your shall, eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. His words meant more than what meets the ear. In one sense, her eyes were opened, for she was acquired the desired experience of good and evil, of the happiness of the holy and the misery of the sinful condition. But he studiously concealed the result from Eve, who fired a genuine desire for knowledge, though only risking the rank and privilege of her angelic visitation. Satan teaches men first to doubt, then to deny. Satan gets you to sin with your eyes first. Satan will tell you half-truths. Satan wants to put things between you and God. Strength in numbers, keep your company great of Christians and fellow mindsets, and resist the devil and he will have to flee. We'll close in a prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, that no matter what we do and how bad we sin and how bad we fall from you, that you still love us. And we come back to you and we as for your forgiveness, you're willing and able to give us forgiveness and to restore us of our status with you. We thank you and we praise you in your blessed holy name. Amen.